Alrighty, good morning. It is 7.15am on this Saturday, recording a quick little Hawthorne preview for our Creekcast with F, what are the boys taking on Hawthorne at um, 7.10pm tonight. So this one will be out for your day leading up to it. Um, as usual, I'm always getting them out um, much later than expected. Always with the teams being named on Thursdays now, I always hope. I'm like, oh, I should start doing them Thursday nights, but then just, you know, life. So um, getting it out there, so it's going to be here for your day to listen to if you feel. Um, that's totally up to you, but if you listen to this right now, then you're listening to it. Um, yeah, some big storylines coming into this one. Obviously, the biggest one being Riley Bonner's coming into the side, dividing people. No, no, that's not the biggest storyline. It's obviously that Sean Burgoyne's playing his 400th fucking AFL game, an unbelievable achievement. And one that, um, you know, it's it's quite exciting and how it's all fallen together that it happens to be Hawthorne versus Port Adelaide for his 400th game. Um it's one of those ones where literally the cliche, you couldn't have scripted it better. Um, you could not have scripted it better. Um, obviously, well, I guess, you know, you could have had the homecoming for a last season or something like that. But no, that's not footy doesn't work that way. But um, we're just happy to be um, able to be a part of it, really. Um, he, his career, um, it, amazingly, after playing 157 games at Port, you know, you would have thought if you do 157 games somewhere, um, you, that's likely going to be um, the largest part of your career. But... Uh, with the longevity some players have been able to find, um, it's incredible that Shawnee's been able to go on and um, get to uh, now going into game 243 at um, at Hawthorne and um, has had an incredible career there and um, largely will be remembered for that. But um, uh, many, um, uh, obviously, us Port fans remember some incredible good times with him at Port, starting his career there, um, uh, obviously, with pick number 12 and coming in and playing uh, playing a big part in um, the, the grand final win in 2004. And uh, and uh, all Australian in two thousand and six, and having a uh, having a great little career, great little career there. Again, one hundred and fifty seven games is a decent career for anyone. So um, he's gone on to have um, to really cement his legacy as one of the all time greats. He's gotten into that exclusive club. Clug? Did I just say clug? Um, if that's what you heard, then I apologise. Um, it's early. I'm just uh, just sipping away on my first coffee of the day right now. Clug, apparently, uh, exclusive club uh, with Michael Tuck. Um and uh, Boomer and Fletcher and and uh, Jesus Christ I'm forgetting the other bloke. Fuck, I should have written this down. Anyway, you know the five blokes that have played five hundred, uh, four hundred games. I'm having an incredible start to this one. Um, four hundred game club. Um, so um, you know it's it's just an, an incredible achievement by him, and uh, it's um something that um, it's been an interesting discourse this this week I guess with some people. I guess um, Kevin Bartlett. Fuck, how did I forget that that bloke? Um, anyway, that's the other one. Yeah, Harvey, Michael, uh, Michael Harvey, Michael Tuck, Kevin Bartlett, and Dustin Fletcher. So that's the club that Sean Bergon's uh, joining. It's a great photo. Um, I think most people have probably seen it by now, floating around the socials. The AFL release, so they could do this like a little photo shoot thing at the at the MCG. I guess yesterday, maybe. Um, I can't remember. I don't know if that's where it was, but. A photo shoot with those four blokes with uh, Sean Bergwijn in the middle uh, joining that little club. So it's 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 an amazing achievement, and um, it's uh, um, it, as well as it's it's um interesting. You know, he's, he's the first Indigenous player to reach four hundred, and um uh, and obviously the Port connection, and it was Gavin Wangan. And there's been a lot of players that have now reached three hundred games or more um, Indigenous ones, but I think uh, Gavin Wangan was the first to reach three hundred, um, which he did at Port Adelaide as well. So, um, it's kind of just. Um, quite a proud thing for Port Adelaide to have this link to so many great um, Indigenous players and the, the work that's been done with Port Adla- at Port Adelaide with their work with in- Indigenous and multicultural programs, um, guys like Paul Vanderberg and, um, and uh, Alipeta Carlisle, who's just leaving his um, post 
uh, at the uh, now I think I think he posted yesterday, but he's done some great work there since obviously he played, and then he's spent the last five six years in the um, multicultural programs at Port Adelaide as well. So um, it's just a, a great link there as well. You know, it's it's part of the story is that he's the first Indigenous player to reach four hundred, and um, and the fifth um of to do that in the AFL VFL. We do have to remember that we've got guys like Craig Bradley and. And Russell Ebert and um, Phillips that have done it as well at Port Adelaide. Um, once we start talking about recognising Sandville records equally with the AFL ones, that's a discussion for another day. But um, yeah, in the in the club that they, the in the statistics they're talking about, um, that's what it is. So um, yeah, I was starting to say about the discourse um, with um, Burgoyne. Some people remember his his leaving of Port Adelaide in a more negative light, I guess. And I guess I can't. It's you can't. Um, I guess blame them. I guess it was it was a it was the start of what was, you know. Well, I mean, the end of the end of the two thousand nine season, we're starting to head into those real dark days that we we were in for a few years, um, and Burgoyne kind of got caught up in that. I guess you know, there's there's this talk of the the like some people just say he's mad that he can get the captaincy, and I think um, that's part of it. But I think the the you know, Williams wanted him for captain and the, the other people in the club wanted Cassisi and then Cassisi was a great captain as well. We're not going to knock him. He led us through the darkest of times and um, and was a great player, a premiership player and, and led us through and just came out the other side as well as one of them and, and we all love Dom. But, um, you know, that kind of fraction of people, if you've got, you know, your coach, your premiership coach or a coach that's been there for a bunch of years and Williams wanting one and then there's guy, other people in the club that want this one and, and questioning Burgoyne and, and that, is just a microcosm of the larger issues that were ballooning and would balloon over the next few years at Port Adelaide with the 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 uh, fracturing that was happening there with the just well just where the club was and um, I think you know that kind of vibe just doesn't work and when you play like Sean Bergwijn who's been there for you know he's gotten an All Australian job in the last few years he knows is he knows what he's got to give um, you know he had some injuries and whatnot it's, it's an incredible thing in that you get to 400 games with the, you know he's, he had some injury problems over the years but uh, like all good players he learned to battle that battle through that and um, and work out how to take care of your body but um anyway back to the Port Adelaide stuff yeah it was just it was they were not good times we were in the we were in the you know a couple of years after that um, that loss in 2007 and um, there was talk there's some talk about the fact that there was some you know different fraction factions in the club of how how people were dealing with that and blame blame you know laying the blame for that one and all the just a lot of things were happening at Port Adelaide at the time that um you can never it's it's I understand you know I was a young footy fan once and young fan of a lot of different sports and the easy way to the easy way to deal with um a player leaving is to say oh they're a trader whatever I I was you know Josh Carr was probably my favorite player in 2004 um one of my favorite players I was I always think Wanganin's my all-time favourite, I think. But, you know, I go back and forth with a few. Um, and Josh Carr was one I absolutely loved in 2004. And then, obviously, he left. And I remember I remember booing him when he came <laughs> a couple of times when he came back and I was at the Frio game the next year. Um, I'm not proud of it because it's just, it's just what it is. And, like, now I look back and I'm like, he came back in the end anyway and I, I fell in love with him again, obviously. Um but you do just you just go are oh, they a trader whatever they left um how could they leave the 2014 yeah you, know, you, you just you just do that and uh, and there's a lot of people saying oh you know Berger why are we why do we care what Bergwijn's doing he was a trader he left whatever and that's um yeah he did leave and that's and you know other players would stay in that situation it's it's but it's an individual decision and he made a decision that he felt was he wasn't happy 
Um, he'd given a fair bit to Port Adelaide and, and had some success there, but his brother had retired and it was a new ch- a new challenge. Was is probably what has got into four hundred games. I can't imagine if if Bergon had stayed and the rest of the way the club had had travelled in the next few years, he was going to go at some point in those years anyway. Because if he wanted to, or he, or he loses the love of footy, there's a lot larger things happening at Port Adelaide at the time purely than Bergwijn. He was just some collateral damage that unfortunately we we had to had to deal with because of what was going on at Port Adelaide at the time. Um, you know, it, it would be nice to think that he he comes he stays through that like unlike you know Kane Corns did and and um and Gassisi and then when we got we drafted by Boke and you know Boke stayed and but those are different decisions. Bergwijn had been there longer um in that than Boke I guess at the time and it's just it's I'm, I'm waffling now, but it is just one of those things I look back on and think, you know, it it was his decision. Um, he he was out of contract. He had the he could ask for a trade, um, or go to the or go to the draft, and he just wanted a change. And um, and with everything going on at the time, and then what did um, occur over the next couple of years, you know, he's he, <laughs> I don't think I think we all have to actually admit it was the best decision he could have made. He's gone on he's gone on and won three more flags. He was not doing that at Port Adelaide in those next few years. Um, yes, we got we came back and um, in twenty fourteen we were very close and could have been could have jumped right in and, and taken one of those flags he's got, but he's still you know it's hindsight is what we have and um, it's clearly been a great decision for him and his family and he's become um, an icon at Hawthorne as well and and um, but he's he's well remembered at Port and he still talks of Port Adelaide incredibly fondly and we should we should respect that and and be appreciative of that that he. You know, he's got. There's a special memory at Port Adelaide. He started his career here. Um, he won a premiership with his brother here, and uh, and he, all those memories are still fond ones for him. And his family still is very involved at Port Adelaide. We got um, you know Trent Bergwijn playing playing for us in the Sandful and hopefully in the AFL at some point. And Chase Bergwijn's looking like a very good. Um, so you know, there's an incredible family connection there. He's going to be. He still appreciates us, and we should appreciate him and his achievements and 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 uh give him a loss on his 400th games really it's all like is is the best thing we can do for him and show and show him that uh, Port Adelaide are back in the back right up in the mix but um but do it in a, and and the, but then give him some respect as he walks off the field with another lot another loss to Hawthorne he's he's won enough there he's got three flags for fuck's sake we can give him a loss in his 400th game there's no sentimentality once we cross that white line but um we will always appreciate him and what he did for Port and um and what and and then what he's done um, as a career as well. So um, I think I was people were talking about um, favorite Bergwijn memories on on Twitter and whatever today uh, over the week. And I think one the one that um, I think sticks in most people's minds is that smother on Brent Goyer, um in the St Kilda preliminary final uh, when we were goal up late in the game, and it's you know the ball kind of goes over the top and is tumbling through. And it's just it just looks for a second. I was I was at Footy Park that night and um was kind of on the fifty, but down in that like in that pocket area, so I could see had a pretty good view of it. And uh, I remember just my heart sinking, thinking that Guerra is getting to that. Um, I thought it was going to be an easy goal to, at, at one, for a split second, and then, but then you realise Bergwijn's right there, and he just he hunts that thing like a like you really like. The best hunt that a player can give in in a, in a given moment. That's what Bergwijn gave in that moment, and 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 went and that's just that's when the wind went out of the sails for me. I think with St Kilda, and and we went on to win that game and win the grand final. And Bergwijn kicks a goal at a very important juncture in that game too. And um, there's been plenty of talk about his connection with. Um, I think he he and Brendan Laid. I remember at the time it was talked about just how they had that just incredible connection. Um, and just uh, and and relationship at, at, at bounces and, and ball ups and all that stuff and it's just um yeah I just 
yeah, he's he's got so many. I'd have to go back and watch some games from his era and just and remember some times. There's also a goal floating around um, where he takes it on the kind of starts in the in the on the back flank and and runs through, collects a handball and bounces bounces a couple of times and snaps a goal at Footy Park. Obviously, in our away Guernsey's against Collingwood because um, <laughs> um, as 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 what happened back then at times and and still is an issue to this day with Collingwood and our Guernsey uh, fight with them, but. Um, yeah, some great. There's some great highlights, and um, if you went actually went back through and watched Sean Burger on highlights, you'd have a fair bit of time spent, and that would be time well spent as well. Um, and one more thing, I used to love, and I think a few people remember this. There was a, a banner that, uh, when we. It was an incredible time as a Port Adelaide fan to have two sets of brothers playing for us, and particularly two sets of brothers that played in that grand final. And I always remember that banner, that one that was uh, two burgers, two corns, like value value deal or something like that, and that was used to float around at games. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of good memories there and, um, and uh, it's, um, an incredible achievement, but, um, yeah, we're going to beat him today. So, uh, we might as well get into talking about it. All right. So we'll look at our Hawthorne lining up first, um, cause that's the team we are playing. And obviously the big one that's coming in, cause, um, Bergwijn was actually the sub last week. Um, so I guess there was some, uh, he did come on in the end and uh, obviously I think a sub, uh, what they decided at the start of the year was, um, that subs. I still counted as game played. Would have been an interesting one though if he hadn't come on last week and this was still, still counted as his 400th game. Um, not that we would remember in the future, but you know you would have thought now it's just like oh, it's kind of a little bit funny. But he did come on last week and and now he's been na- named in the starting um, starting lineup uh, this week as well. So he's definitely going to be playing his 400th, obviously. And I don't think that was ever going ever in question once um, once the kind of how the fixture shaked out and all that stuff. So. Um, yeah, Burgoyne's in as well as uh, I think it's um, uh, Burgoyne in and then, uh, sorry, I'm just, uh, the computer has frozen up as I'm getting to it. Um, but there's there's two other wins. Um, there we go. Damon Greaves and Connor Nash are entering the side as well. Um, out is, uh, is actually a former Port Adelaide player that is out of the side. Chad Wingard is down with a hamstring injury again. He seems to be getting a few of those. And Granger Brass is out with a concussion and Will Day um, with uh, an ankle injury as well. So, they got a few ins and outs, and um, and but otherwise it's um more or less a um Hawthorne side that we've been pretty used to this year. That um is an interesting side to um have a look at because it's there's a lot of players there, a lot of talent there, and um and you know there's a core of some guys that are still hang still around from um been around for a while and um, played in those some grand finals and whatnot. But um it's uh they're missing they're they're just um not quite there this year and um and it's a little bit uh, wayward at times. They've had some the last few weeks though. Um, they haven't. They've had some interesting results. You know that um, they beat Sydney three weeks ago. It's absolutely smashed them actually at the at the SCG, which is a real sh- um, kind of a bit of a shock result. They'd had they'd had a pretty disappointing previous three weeks to that. They were they accounted for uh, North Melbourne's first win um, after being up pretty comfortably on North Melbourne. They let them come back and get their first win, and they lose to Carlton, which. Um, Carlton's year is up and down and all over the place, but losing to Carlton, I guess, is um, something you don't want to do. But um, and then they lost to the Gold Coast as well. But then after that Gold Coast loss, they've gone on a bounce of um, you know they've they've beat they like I said beat Sydney um, and then were involved in a pretty pretty cracking game down in Tassie against Essendon, which um, they could have won. And then they um, beat GWS la- GWS last week. Who GWS were um, in the box seat to enter the eight. Um, last week, and um, particularly with, uh, Richmond dropping another one at the start of this week, this round, um, GWS would be in the eight at this point if it wasn't for losing to Hawthorne. So, um, you know, they're, they're 
they're a tough out probably the last few weeks, I would say, is how I'd uh, categorize Hawthorne. They're not an easy one to, easy team to, they've been proving harder to beat lately. And um, whether that's just the opponents and the matchups have been working well, or it's, um, you know, Sydney, we had, we had a tough time against ourselves um, at home last week, but Hawthorne just went up to the FCG and absolutely smashed them. And whether that was a smash and grab because Sydney, we just weren't prepared. Um, and whereas Sydney came over and probably prepared for us maybe a bit more. Although I always take, the t- I always choose to believe that coaches don't, <laughs> they, you know, take a week off just because it's Hawthorne or anything like that. So it's um, it's an interesting loss, that one. But um, they've, they've had um, some better results probably over the last three weeks um, since having those few losses on the bounce. Um, which, you know, they've won two out of the last three and um, and could have been three out of three if they um, had uh, got the job done against Essendon, who are a pretty good side themselves lately. So, um, yeah, it's um interesting side to come up against and particularly with um silks uh, 400th game coming uh with as the added um incentive to this result i can't i look at it as a bit maybe possibly a tougher game being that it's away as well um it's a tougher game than some might have thought about at one point um you know they've got some you know good players run through the middle there where it'll be uh, mitchell and amira and um, and Luke Bruce still playing there, and it's just um, it's a side that I I look at. There's enough there to, um, that we're going to have to be at, uh, on our absolute A game to make sure we get the job done. I don't think there. I think it'll be a bit of a tougher game for a while, and um, before we whether I don't know even know if we'll kick away or anything like that. I just think it's going to be one of those a bit tougher game. Um, is how I categorize it. Um, I think there's um enough there and enough f- form. Uh, they've just found a little bit lately. Um, obviously. Guys like Wingard are going to be missed. Um, he's kind of he does provide a little bit of that X factor. Even you know he's um, not quite the player he was in those early years at Port. He's developed into a different player, and um and but he still provides it a lot. And he's um, he's been um, when he can get on the field uh, and is fit, he's he's a good player. It's just he he's, he just can't get a consistent run in the side. In, you know, four weeks. Um, I can't I can't even think of the last time he's played four weeks in a row I've got him in my fantasy side um so I I just feel like I'm dropping him in and out every every second week um <laughs> so that's uh, just how I how I feel Wingard without actually being a Hawthorne fan and uh, keeping a close eye on when Wingard's been in and out it just feels like he's in and out all the time so it's he, he is one to, he is one that they'll miss and um uh, so yeah it's um that'll be it uh, but I still believe that with with the added incentive um, of you know the, not that you should need that but I think players do you do uh, particularly for a game that's been so well publicized this week and um, with the 400th game and all that and there's been a lot of news around it and the players players see that and that, that's gonna it will be a little bit of a pump up for them with that so it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit tougher than uh, I think the ladder position, you know, if you just looked at the ladder and went, oh, you know, this probably should be a pretty easy win. I think it's going to be a, a touch tougher than that. So we're going to have to be at an A game and 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 see what and make sure we um, don't, you know, don't rest on our laurels at any point in the game and um, and and maybe and use the use the four hundredth game to our advantage and and try to try to have a bit of banter with it and then make sure we beat beat the beat the bloke on on the big day. So might as well have a look at how we're lining up and um, and looking for the game today. I think I, I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I made a little <laughs> slight joke about the big news of the week being that uh, Riley Bonner was in the side. He is in the side, along with Sam Mays with Martin Frederick and Dylan Williams admitted. Um, otherwise, the 22 is as it was last week, beyond those changes. Uh, yeah, so Frederick out, um, which, you know, both Frederick and Williams, and it, it's tough outs, but, um, you know, Williams was 
he was good last week. I really he, he just didn't get a whole lot of the ball, but he's, he was his uh, pressure acts and stuff. But it looked like I think it was late in the game. He looked like he was really struggling. Whether he's just um, a bit of cramp and um, and uh, you know just the the pace of the game and the frenesity of it um, at the end possibly a little bit just wasn't quite ready for that. Um, you know, it was, it was and it was a great intro to footy for him. Um, he got a real taste of um, top level AFL footy as. Um, the drama and the and the and the level that's required for um, uh, winning game at that level, and he was certainly he certainly played his role um, um, late, uh, early and late um, with a couple of goal involvements. So, and Frederick, you know, he's been um, you know he's been really good um, at the level uh, when he's come up, but he's just well, just one of those ones. Unfortunately, that's just where we're at. Is you know, guys got to come in and out, and May's certainly earned his <laughs> earned his spot with that incredible appearance off the bench last week, and he's. In the side, and he's he's got he's got experience and guile as well. He's um, yeah, he's, he's you know he's played over a hundred games, and he's he's just got um probably where his body's at, and uh, and just the experience and level headedness that he brings to the, brings to the footy as well. Um, he's just probably earns his spot in that sense, and and it's um and just he's just a good player to have in as well, and, and clearly showed last week that he's um he's um. Feeling it, feeling it a little bit, you know. Having thirteen touches to halftime in the sandfall, and then coming out and having a pretty good involvement in the end of the Sydney game as well. Um, he's just, he's just in good form. And and Bonner, he's look. Um, I think it's an understatement to say divides fans, and I don't even know if he divides fans. I just always see people just um, rallying on Bonner. And look, I get it. He turns the ball over a bit, um, and um, he's got to take his take his opportunities at the AFL level at this point. But um. He's he's coming on. He's at thirty four in the sample last week. Look, we got smashed last week. So um, make of that what you will. I didn't watch the game at all, so I don't can't tell you how effective the disposals were. But he certainly was getting a lot of the footy, and um, and the coaches have seen something. So um, oh, he's in the side, so we'll support him. Um, you've got to. That's what you got to do. And um, I certainly there's there's parts of Bonner's game I do like. He's he's got he's got skill. It's not like he's a completely unskilled player or anything like that. He wouldn't be getting the opportunities. Um, I know some people that might be listening to this right now going, "You're an idiot," but I'm trying to. There's there's some there's something in his game that is getting getting him the games, and um, some people that um, don't like Hinkley might say, "Well, he's just one of his pets," but it isn't it isn't it isn't a dictatorship. Yes, the the coach is, the coach has a fair bit of sway, but there is a there is not just Hinkley that makes those decisions. Um, certainly, um, you know, Loken down at the Sandville level will be um, informing, and the coaches down at the Sandville level will be informing. Uh, Hinkley and the AFL guys, um, how Bonner is track, tracking as well. So there is something in his game that they they look like the look of and coming into the game and whether it's just his run run and carry and a bit of and it's just ball gathering ability that he's showing at the Sanford level. They're hoping he's going to bring that some of that and um, he does he does look he does overuse the ball a bit, um, but uh, I can't say that it's been a, a uniquely Bonner problem at times this year. Of um, there's been some. Games this year that have seen a lot of guys that have um, really turned the ball over in, in incredible, uh, incredibly <laughs> inept fashion at times. So um, it's a it's a probably a games it's partly a game style thing that we play a little bit, and then when it's when it's a bit off, it starts looking a bit rough. So um, I'm look, he's back in the side, and I'm, let's um, see if he can take the opportunity. Um, I'd be happy to see you know, our depth is good, and Bond is one of those guys that we do want to see more out of. Um, uh, that that frustrates a lot, but you just do get players that that have that that play that style of footy that are just going to frustrate a bit. So, um, but we'll see if he can take his opportunity this week and uh, and be a part of a big win, which would be great. We do that's all all what we want. We don't want players to fail. We want them to play well, and um, I certainly want Bonner to have a good game since he's coming into the side. And 
Um, and yeah, we'll, that's what we're hoping for. So um, go well, Bono, and um, and certainly Maisie as well. Otherwise, we're looking at a lineup that's um, in the AFL. I'll get to the Sandville in a sec because it's, um, it's it's some pretty exciting stuff happening there too. But um, yeah, otherwise, um, the lineup's pretty uh, well. What we what uh, got the job done last week against Sydney and. Um, uh, McKenzie uh, was probably the one that a lot of people um, after the Sydney game thought, oh, well, he's, he's going out of the side. But um, he is in. Uh, it seems that AC joint where there was no structural damage there um, after that big bump off of, uh, was, it, was that one Buddy last week as well? It seemed it probably was. It was the fourth quarter. Buddy was everywhere. And that was McKenzie's opponent at the time. But um, yeah, it seems like a sim- whether it's a similar thing to what um, uh, Dan Houston's been dealing with, which is just, um, I think Houston's is a little bit more of a lingering problem, but um, McKenzie just, um, he's, he does have some shoulders, pretty heavy strapping there at times. So just a bit of a sting into the AC joint, but no structural damage. So hopefully um, he comes through this week. All right, he's been playing some really great footy and um, certainly was, um, when you've stood up in the stood up in the battle against guys like Buddy, even I know Buddy got off the leash in the last quarter, but I think McKenzie may not have been on the field for half of those. And, um, but throughout most of that game last week, he was really great and part of a great defensive effort back there. And um, So it's good to have him in the side. And um, yeah, it's a game that um, is going to probably re- require... Um, what I'm looking for is um, Port to let themselves off the leash a little bit. Um, you know, the last few weeks we've had um, spurts, um, certainly the Gold Coast game. Um, the Gold Coast game was a comfortable win, but we, uh, um, I think there was a few people that criticised the end of the game, but I think that, to me that was purely the injuries. Um, we, we were a couple couple of players down at that point, and we just had to manage our way through the game. Um, it would be good to see the likes of... Um, I think Georgiades needs to um, get a bit more of the footy again. He's um, been a bit quieter the last few weeks. Certainly, structurally, the forward line um, is working all right because you've got Dixon in incredible form. Marshall kicked a couple last week coming back in as well. So it's not exactly that. Um, I just I just want to uh, Georgiades after kicking some a couple of nice little uh, handfuls of goals. If, um, he's just I think he wants, and I think you can just see in his game he's he's wanting to get a bit more involved. Get and um, whether he just needs to find that balance between the. The incredible leaps and flies and stuff that we love about his game, and that, but actually finding the fundamental, like getting the, getting in the right positions for the leads and stuff like that as well. Um, but um, you know, last week was a tough game, Sydney, or um, you know, a tough team to play against anyway. So Marshall and Dixon were getting the footy for those four goals um, from the tools, and and George Yardis was playing, is certainly playing his role as well as far as the structure goes. So I'm not. This isn't bagging or anything like that. I just want. I just actually, as a big Georgie Hayes fan, I want to see him getting 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 amongst the goals a bit more again. Um, guys like Motlop as well. Um, probably, you know, he's been up and down depending on it's. You know, had a great game against Gold Coast and it was a bit quieter last week. But he certainly um, the pressure acts in the in the forward line at times last week were incredible, and he, he played a big hand in getting that clinching goal with Scooter. So. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's just um, more of the same. Really, we want to see just see some of the, so a bit more consistency coming from some of these guys. Um, certainly, um, uh, the midfield is um, is actually humming along the right, considering some of the guys were missing from there. You know, Wines and Boke. Like, you know, Boke last week we've heard all about in, um, his second half and getting off that tag. And you know, you'll be looking for um, thirty plus from Ollie again this week. Um, you know, this is the kind of opponent and and midfield he'd, he'd be looking to feast upon a little bit more and. Um, after the tough week we had last week, and and same with Boke and and Drew. After you know Drew's playing some incredible footy, and you know I just I'd expect that this is the kind of midfield battle. After last week we we it was tough, it was a battle, and 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 at times we were really getting overrun last week. Um, I hope this week we kind of um look at the, look at what we've been doing the last few weeks, and and particularly with the guys that are coming back in, just start really start trying to find some um 
some structure and, and and some and some dominance as well and 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 see what we can do there um and yeah it's um it's a game that uh, like i said i think it's gonna be a tough one a bit tougher than the latter positional um that that'll will tell us i uh, would say it would be because um i I believe that the between the you know the Hawthorne's form, like I said, has been a bit better the last few weeks, and uh, and with the four hundredth game carrot hanging in front of them for the for the their champion in Sean Burgoyne, and um, would be one to uh, and to to follow. But um, on the flip side of that, we say you know you could say everything you want about um, the Hawks getting up for his four hundredth. Um, Port Adelaide has certainly got a fair bit to say about that, as I've been talking about from the top with um, our history of Sean as well, and. Um, there's a you know there's a few guys um there's a few guys I'm trying to think there's a few guys but it might actually only be Boke that's actually playing in the game that's played um footy with Sean Boke I can't think of anyone else that's been that was there at the time actually no because Robbie's out of the side so um yeah so you've got um Boke as the one player who's actually played foot, Port Adelaide footy with Sean um but um beyond that the the rest of the guys know the story and know that he's a he's a former Port champion and um he's going to be there's a bit of a carrot there for them too to spoil the day, and 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 uh, certainly as uh, with such a integral link to Sean's career, um, it would be probably a few of the guys would be looking at that as a fun part of the game, like let's spoil his day and and um, you know, show him that Port Adelaide um is well and truly back compared to where they were when he when he left, and and it's not that Sean doesn't know that, but just to just for the day, just have a bit of um, you know, that extra carrot for us is to is to do that, but um. To be fair, we shouldn't need that. It's um, it's actually all about um, beyond all that stuff with Sean Bergon. It is, it is fun to celebrate champions of the game and all that kind of stuff. But um, beyond that, it is actually just another four points, and that's what the main thing should be for the, the boys as well. Um, we've got us. We've um, uh, beyond the Geelong loss a few weeks ago. I've, I've said this in the reviews the past few weeks. We actually got. Um, really blessed with a few of the other teams that were losing at times, you know, um, and kept us in fifth position over the last few weeks, and and then allowed us to get that win against Sydney last week and jump up into the four and and make a bit of a gap to, to down to sixth and below um, with a few games break on those teams, and so we got that luck and 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 have taken that opportunity to get back into the top four, and now we want to stay there. And teams like Hawthorne are the teams we should be beating to stay in the top four. Um, yes, I think it. I do believe it'll be a bit of a tougher game, um, and I'm hoping it's not. I'd love. I'd love to be surprised. Um, and but um, we need to get the job done against teams like this. And 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 I keep saying it. Keep in the flat track, bully. Keep you know people. Um, obviously, this beating Sydney last week um, takes a bit off the top of that um, with the fact that we get a, a win against a quality top eight side. Um, but while we keep beating up on teams below us, um, people will keep and um, still have the record we do currently against the top eight. People are still keep using the flat track bully tag and as i said as i've said before it's a weird it's almost a, a back backhanded compliment because it just means you're playing really well against the teams below you which we always hope to do so um we want to keep being flat track bully and get the job done and get the four points because that is the most important thing the the end the end goal of our season um is what we're most concerned with um sean sean Burgoyne, um is someone to celebrate but uh, beyond that, Hawthorne and them do not, and Sh- uh, Hawthorne and Sean do not factor into our season at all because this will be the last time I don't think we played them again. So we see them today, and then we won't see them again the rest of the season because they won't. I certainly don't believe they won't be making the eight. So um, beyond that, beyond the celebrations and all that stuff, we just need to get the job done, get the four points, and get back to get back to Adelaide and start preparing for what has been announced as a Thursday night game next week um, or this, this this coming Thursday against Melbourne, um, which will be a, a true battle 
um, and a real uh, pointer to where we are exactly against these top sides. So um, we just got to get back, get get the four points in the bag, and um, say cheers, Shawnee, good career, and then and get back to Adelaide. So can't the pair. Let's get the job done. I'm bloody excited for the game and and all the spectacle that will come with it. But at the end of the day, it's all about the four points. So get the fucking job done, flat track bullies. <laughs>